Welcome in to What You Spinning, episode eight. Uh, I am Dorian. As per usual, I am joined by Jacob. How you doing, my friend? You doing good? You doing good? Hell yeah! You excited for today's episode? Oh yeah, dude! Great picks. I'm ready to get into it. Hell yeah, George. As per usual, joined by my my dude George. How are you, my friend? Doing good. You feeling Excited. you feel, you feeling pretty jazzed about this out uh, this week's picks? Yes, uh, all our picks are money. They're good. Follow. Yeah. Well, with that being said, let's dive in. Uh, we're gonna go with my pick first this week, and as you remember from last episode, I picked Frizzle Fry by Primus, their debut album from 1990. Scratch myself a bit. Pull me out of old corn chicks. Closest thing I could find out of pie. Linger taste toothpaste. Made the milk go down a bit funny, but you know. Them chicks, they do satisfy. And to help me kind of give or to kind of give their input and kind of help me, you know, really show some appreciation for this album. We've got a good friend, a first-time guest, mine and Jacob's homie, and soon to be a frequent friend of the show, we've got our friend, Matt. Howdy. Hey, what's good, Matt? <laughs> what's going down? <laughs> How are you doing, friend? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. I'm ready to talk about some frizzle and some fry. <laughs> Hell Hell yes. I'm stoked for this. This is going to be really exciting. We're going to have some more guests on at some point. But as I mentioned earlier, Primus, Frizzle Fry, uh, their debut album from 1990, uh, Les Claypool, uh, one of, easily one of the, probably the best bassist of all time, in my opinion. I know Matt can attest. Uh, Definitely. Really just an insane project for a debut album. I have... I've told these guys that I've done the math and I have out of almost 50 albums I have on vinyl, I have 13 debut albums. And this is one of my favorite out of those. Uh, just everything from the lyricism on it, the, uh, the drumming, the guitar work, the bass playing, like it's all unreal. But uh, Jacob, what did you think, man? Yeah, I... I really like this dude. This is a great album. I feel like it's very. All right, so here's the thing. I listen to rock. Um, I used to listen to rock a lot more. Like that's all I would listen to. All I'd listen to was like heavy metal and. Um, not I didn't get too much into like screamo, but I really did like rock. I like all types of rock. So listening to this, it kind of like took me back to that. Like took me back to like those days where like. I was just like headbanging to music all the time and I'm like playing air guitar to the to the song, you know. Um, but this album, I really liked it. First off, I wanted to mention um, the album cover. Um, it's like someone with like a frying pan and like a head on it. It looks like like a monster's head. Like it's pretty badass. Um, it like put me off at first because sometimes when I'm like looking at like covers that's the first thing that you see 
in a in a in an album. And depending on what it is, it will turn you on to it or it'll like completely be like, oh like I don't know what that is. I don't wanna get into that. So I was like put off at first when I saw it. I was like, oh I don't know what I'm getting into. I don't know if it's gonna be like insane and like just like someone screaming in my ear for like a, f- a full hour or if it's just gonna be like something awesome, you know? And boy, when I was listening to it first time around, it was something I hadn't heard of, but it sounded like something like I was familiar with, like something I had heard before. Um, and man it's like brought me back to like really like liking like rock and liking like this type of music um because it was great i loved like most of almost like the full like the full album and like the first half of it i feel like it's like probably my favorite um just all the tracks on there back to back they're all bangers um but yeah i'm gonna get into it (laughs) but i'll let someone else go because i know i got i got a lot to talk about this one so But uh, uh, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, George, I, Jacob and I, you know, Jacob, Matt and I, we all work together. So, uh, and we talked a little bit about it and we're like, oh shit, like save. So I know Jacob has some more to say, but you've been kind of quiet in the chat about this album. What did you, what did you think about I it? I wanted to save it. <clears throat> so when you announced it last time and you said Primus, I was like, the name sounds familiar, but I don't know this. Um, and then when I, look them up i'm like immediately i thought jerry was a race car driver and i'm like dude this was on tony hawk fucking pro skater and i that was my fucking favorite song dude i would fucking love skating to that shit not in real life but in the game uh dude every time that song came on i would fucking go ham um and so yeah like i listened to the album and i i can't like put like my finger on it but like i feel like it brought up some like deep deep fucking like memory in the back of my head of like some odd rock stuff and immediately i started thinking a lot of creative stuff for some weird reason um and like jacob said like the album cover uh when i saw i definitely was like this might be some screamo shit (laughs) But it wasn't. Uh, but when I was listening to this whole album, I'm like, dude, it it has like elements of like hard rock, but also like um, like punk shit. Um, but it, I feel like it's kind of like all over the place, but it works. Um, that's just my take. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you guys have listened. You guys listen to rock more than I do. Uh, I've only listened to rock, like, just, like, the mainstream stuff that was on, like, you know, when I was a kid and stuff. Um, But this album was really interesting, and I'm really excited to dive into, like, stuff that's more similar to. Uh, Frizzle Fry, Too Many Puppies, especially Too Many Puppies, John the Fisherman, and the second half of Groundhog Day. Dude. Like, I like the beginning of Grandma's Day, but the second half, just, uh, I always talk about me riding a bike, because that's all I do. But when this song came on, and the second half kicked in, I was mashing uphill so hard, dude. Yeah, (laughs) dude, 
oh my god that shit was so fucking dope um i really like john the fisherman but i think my favorite is too many puppies dude um and i'm like really bad at deciphering like lyrics um and like the meaning behind it in uh rock music because i feel like they're a little bit more cryptic um with like what they're saying sometimes um and it was kind of like hard to understand like what like why and what he was saying like what was the meaning behind what he was saying it's kind of hard to understand that but i could tell like there's ah man there's so much shit to this album and yeah it's just good like i really really enjoyed it just like jacob like i i'm kind of like dumbfounded a little bit like i didn't think that i would enjoy this album this much but i fucking do um and i really wish because i feel like this would have resonated with me a lot when i I was uh when i was a kid i feel like i really would have loved hearing this as a kid um and i i missed that uh i missed that opportunity unfortunately or maybe i did i don't know i gotta talk to jared about that (laughs) but um yeah this album fucking dope dude hell yes i'm so glad to hear that you both liked it so much and one of the main thing that you know made matt and i become friends was the fact that uh we like very similar music and we bonded over tool as we discussed in episode four with enema uh and primus was like the second band that we bonded over and so i know that matt has a lot of experience with this album too uh because it's an absolute classic uh what did what do you have to say like what do you appreciate like what do you have to say about this album matt you know this is like you said earlier the debut album for primus their first album was a live album uh kind of like jane's addiction did back in the day their first album was a live album um too many puppies seems to be the name of the game and that was actually uh the first song Les claypool ever wrote um, a lot of people think it has to do with the Gulf War because uh, he talks about oil fields and stuff like that. Um, who knows? Because it's oh, a sure. so it could have been something completely different. But that's one of my favorite tracks on the sh- on the album. Um, I really like the way the album starts off. Um, they kind of have a little rush intro, band rush with YYZ on "To Defy the Laws of Tradition." That guitar or that little drum track in the beginnings from Rush, which is kind of cool. Kind of throwback there. And it's actually, you know, I don't, I'm sure he says this about a lot of albums, but it's one of his favorite albums, Les Claypool, that he wrote. It's like one of his favorite albums. So knowing that is pretty cool. I really like the guitar. I mean, Primus is really known for their bass. Uh, anytime you hear a Primus song, it's that bass you're hearing and that drum. Um, but their guitar player is amazing. Uh, Larry Ladon started with the kind of death metal scene and kind of came into his own with Primus. And he just plays those off notes. It's not normal chords. He's just playing those off notes. And you're like, it it sounds off, but it works. And it just it flows with the bass and the drum. And they just they blend well together. And that album just it's it's pretty great for a debut album if you think about it. Um, for someone that's not into that kind of music, it's kind of hard to listen to at first. But I don't know, you just kinda of, kinda of wrap your head around it and, and go with it. Um, I think it's a great debut. Um, most reviews of the album end up in a ramble about, you know, comparing it to different genres and different styles, which is true. I mean, if you think about it, music is kind of taking elements of everybody's genre and combining it. You know, you make your new genres with that. You make your old genres with that. You bring back, you know, ones that aren't around anymore, whether it's an 80s sound or something like that. But Primus has always been that bass heavy, you know guitar driven and when you listen to tim alexander the drummer and les claypool play together um 
it's just one of a kind. You don't hear that a lot anymore with the bass and drum going back and forth and just playing off each other. Um, and Frizzle Fry is a good example of that. Honestly, uh, John the Fisherman is probably my favorite song on that album because it's very catchy. It was one of the first, uh, one of the first yeah. radio they had. Um, it's the first single off the album as well. Um, and just a side note, uh, I know Dorian will appreciate this, that uh, Larry LaDon actually learned how to play guitar from Joe Satriani. So I'll end it on that. And, and to, to piggyback off of that Joe Satriani sentiment, uh, Joe Satriani is a is known for his solo work. In my opinion, uh, there's like, you know, there's Mount Rushmore's of everything that you can think of. And the Mount Rushmore of guitarists, in my opinion, are Joe Satriani, uh, Eddie Van Halen, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Hendrix. Like those are my that's my Mount Rushmore of guitarists. And Joe Satriani taught Larry Lalonde of Primus and Kirk Hammett of Metallica. And Holy Les Claypool, shit. Les Claypool, the bassist and singer for Primus, went to fucking high school with Kirk Hammett of Metallica, and oh. he has a cameo in the music video for John the Fisherman. Dude. Yeah, yeah. And even it's almost and, like a small, small world. <laughs> exactly. Like holy shit, that's and, crazy. And on top of that connection with Metallica. Les Claypool, just to this is this just makes me appreciate his bass playing, his talent even more. Is uh, in like 2003, Metallica was looking for a new bassist, and Les Claypool went and tried out, kind of as like a fuck it kind of thing, and he played the guitar part for Master of Puppets on bass and destroyed it, and just was just you know going insane, and they said. Yeah, that was fun and all, but no, like you're not joining Metallica. Like you need to stay in Primus because he just shredded this guitar part on the bass, and it was, it was unreal. Like I found one of my friends in high school had like a bootleg download of like the recording session because someone managed to record it, and it was spot on him <laughs> just mastering that guitar part on a five string bass. And I was like, Jesus Christ, okay, like he's the best. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I thought was. Like, so unique and so different that like it's like that that guy let's let's play pool the the bassist he's also the singer like he's also the singer and then like i was looking at videos of of like this band play and like this guy's got a whammy bar on a fucking bass <laughs> like what is that like that's unheard of like how like that's all my guitar hero stuff <laughs> i'm like dude yeah was, how does he have a whammy bar on a, on a bass? But I think that's like what's so cool about it that that when I was listening to this album, that's what stood out the most. I feel like was the bass and the drums. They're just like perfectly in sync, dude. Like they're so they just like bounce back and forth, and like you like feel them both like just going off of each other, and it like sounds so good. And then they'll have like that guitar that will just like go crazy in the background. Um, I know my like like I said, like the first half of this album, I absolutely love. Like I've had on repeat like this whole week. Um, like I've just been listening to the like just like the first like <laughs> five six songs because I'm like, dude, it's fucking badass. Um, I really like how on Groundhog Day, like it's like at first it's like kind of mellowed and it's like calm, and it's like calm before the storm, and then like the second half it's just fucking insane. They're just going, they're going ham. 
Um, and uh, Too Many Puppies, also love that song. You can't not like that song and like the lyrics to it. Like it's it's like catchy and it's like rememberable. Like you you can't forget it. Um, and then, well, Frizzle Fry. I liked Frizzle Fry a lot. How like in the ending, it's like chaotic, but at the same time, it's like it's like controlled chaos. Like they're all going crazy. They're all banging the drums, slapping the bass like real crazy. But it sounds like they're they like know what they're doing, and they have they have to obviously. But yeah, I think it's I think it's so unique how like the bassist is like he's like kind of viewed as like the main focus of this, um, which I don't really know too many bands that like do that and that did that. Like more modern, like we kind of see it like how we talked about on this show with uh, with Krongbin because it's like the bassist and the drummer. I was about to mention that um, that like they had like the same like in sync um, like they were just linked together like they were just like playing off each other and stuff like that um definitely yeah i understand what you're saying um and then also like i think yeah just the drummer like stood out to me a lot i think i'm a very like beat orientated person so like and rhythm so like when i hear drums like that's the first thing that like fucking hits me in the face i'm like oh shit uh who was the drummer what's his name uh tim alexander tim alexander yeah. Man, he goes off. Um, and like you said, uh, Jacob, Groundhog Day. Um, it reminds me of uh, Black Submarines by the Black Keys because it starts off slow and then, you know, later it just goes off. Um, but what I think is interesting is just like the guitar too. Like he just, he plays slow and does like little like intricate like different sounds and then coupled with the basses and then also like the guitar or the the drummer it's just like so this album to me is just so unique i think this is like one of the more unique albums that i've listened to um and i only say that because like i'm not that much invested into rock so hearing this album that someone coming from someone who isn't like into rock that much and only listen to like Nirvana and you know like stuff like that. Um, this album definitely like threw me for a loop. Um, but listening to it, like this was good, man. I really enjoyed this, and I I want to find more artists similar to to Primus uh, or bands similar to Primus. Um, and when I was listening to this, like there's some songs where for some reason, like I could picture like um, them playing in the background of a movie, like not necessarily like the soundtrack, but like in a scene, like the song is playing in a background. Um, for some re- weird reason, like I was, I kept thinking about that. See, like in a dark scene or something, like they're playing in the background of this movie <laughs> for like a little bit. I don't know why, but that's just something that I thought of. Um, but yeah, Frizzle Fry, Too Many Puppies. I feel like Too Many Puppies is definitely my favorite one, to be honest. Um, I kept listening to that so much. Um, but yeah, this, this album is so fucking dope, dude. I want to thank you for introducing that. <laughs> hey, 
no problem that's what that's what this whole that's what this whole show's about man is introducing each other and maybe someone who stumbles upon it into different stuff because we've got the venn diagram of music to where i'm like all right well this is in my you know and that's the opportunity of the show is like even if we don't if i know like oh these guys don't listen to it that much i can still throw something in and i know you guys feel the same so and matt brought up a good point of like genre bending stuff right me you dorian we were talking about that um a while back like how you know each genre has like subgenres, and there's just like really like a mix of everything um which is super great like that's probably like the best thing that has happened in music period um just genre stuff it just brings people together and different groups of people together uh based off of you know different genres of music um which is super dope yeah yeah i think that's probably like my final thoughts on primus unless you guys have to say (laughs) i'm sure you guys do (laughs) yeah uh matt do you have anything else about primus i think we summed it up all together um great debut album uh great musicians feeding off each other and creating their own genre in a sense i mean you listen to primus nobody else sounds like primus i mean you could Mm -hmm. try to compare them but you just (laughs) it's just a -a one-of-a-kind sound and it's like you guys all said it's kind of building upon genres and kind of finding the right fit from each one um they're a great band it's not for everybody but that frizzle fry album is one of my favorites and um just a couple good tracks on there that i'll always listen to hands down so great album hell yeah jacob do you have anything else yeah i i did have a couple i was like i did my research and i actually made notes this time because <laughs> i was like i have like a lot that i could talk about about this um yeah, and you know it's good if, if Jacob makes notes. <laughs> Starting to make notes, yeah. But it was it was it was cool. I liked how because um, I like it sounded familiar when I was listening to it, and looking back at it, like I played a lot of Guitar Hero um, when I was growing up, and it makes sense because this was on Guitar Hero. It was on Guitar Hero too. Um, John the Fisherman. Was it nice? Oh shit! And it's it, that's fucking badass because I. I was look. I was doing some more research, and there was like a South Park episode. Don't know what I'm talking about. There was a South Park episode of like, um, like some guy like he has the Guitar Hero guitar and he's like <laughs> playing on it, and he's like, "Oh, but can you play John the Fisherman on Expert?" And he's like going, oh, <laughs> like, I think it's cool how it like it does that. Like it, it's something I hadn't heard of, but the fact that it gets like recognition like that, and it's like it can be on TV shows and it's like brought up by other people. I feel like that adds so much more to like the legacy of it and how like big of an album it was. Cause it's something that I hadn't heard of, but hearing it now, I'm like, how had I not heard of this before? Cause it's really good. Um, it's really good. I guess it definitely did like impact the culture as a whole so much so that it's on fucking South Park, <laughs> the most controversial, like, cartoon ever <laughs> the, intro, the intro song is done by primus the south park intro song is done by primus what oh shit yep so it, it for wow me. okay wow <laughs> all right definitely blew my mind right now <laughs> yeah no it's it's That's like, dead ass 
in like uh in the earlier wow, okay. in like the first two seat like first two to three seasons the guy that's sitting there playing the bass the tall skinny dude it's a caricature of les claypool where he's like hold on down to south park and it's got like the dude playing the bass in the title oh my sequence. god it makes that, tall, oh that tall dude with the sunglasses playing the bass. That's Les Claypool. That's they made a character out of him for the title sequence. Dude, wow, holy shit. That's that's crazy. That album, wow. <laughs> now that you say that, that's fucking badass. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think that's why, Jacob, I think that's why me and you like for some reason like it was familiar but like we didn't know why or at least i did it but now that you said that matt i'm like wow holy shit it all makes sense now i'm having like an a full-blown like aha moment right now I'm like oh shit <laughs> yeah no but i i feel like definitely i was talking to doran about this earlier i was like dude i definitely gotta go pick this up because I was I was looking at this and I'm like, dude, like this is so good. Like I don't listen to rock as much as I did, but I feel like this is one that I would definitely listen to, like, hundred percent. Hell yeah. Well, with that being said, I'm gonna. We kind of have unspokenly and unknowingly started a tradition in past episodes so we're gonna just i'm just gonna full-on do it now every album we talk about we're gonna give our top three album or top three songs off of it and i'll go ahead and start that off my favorite song off of this album is spaghetti western after that is groundhog's day and third is the toys go winding down that fucking that bass Oh, that bass line in that song. It was hard to, like, actually rank them, but those are my top three off of this. Uh, uh, Matt, what are your favorite three off the album? I was surprised to hear Spaghetti Western. That's a great, you know, instrumental song. That's got some good beats to it. Um, I like that one, too. But my top three would be uh, Start With John the Fisherman, and then second would be Defy the Laws of Tradition, and then end it with Too Many Puppies, because that's just the one that beat. That, that melody, you just can't stop singing it. <laughs> that's that's exactly what my pick for Matt. <laughs> Those three in that order. But <laughs> if I had to swap one out, I feel like I'd swap out. Uh, I don't know. I like I like those three mainly, but for sure, John the Fisherman to defy, uh, and then also too many puppies and uh frizzle fry i really like that like the title the title track of the album but those are like my top three top four picks so i like too many puppies john the fisherman i like groundhog's day but i also might pick over groundhog's day i might pick uh what's it called like pudding time yep yes i might honestly i think i might pick pudding time over Groundhog Day, but Ground, Ground oh God, it's the build up with Groundhog Day that is so. It's the build up. You right. Um, but I, I think I'll just. I think I'm going with Buddy. To be honest, I like Buddy. That shit was fucking fire. <laughs> and another honorable mention for me was Hello Skinny slash Constantinople, which is technically a cover. Yeah, that is a cover from They Might Be Giants, right? I believe so. I think it is. They might be giants, but yeah, it just that 
just the switch because it's a two-part song and it's like super low and just like do 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 and then halfway through it, it there's this do 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 and the drum beat starts like kicking in and then they just start going ape shit and that's what closes the album and it's like wow how like i remember the first time i listened to it and heard that i was like how is there not more i was like they ended it on that that was intense as fuck <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. I fucking hate when movies fucking end it like that. And right. same thing with albums, dude. Jesus yeah. Christ. I was like, shit, they could have. I was like, that, <laughs> I feel like there could have been more. But anyway, uh, that was Primus. Matt, thank you so much for joining us, man. We'll have Crap. you on another time. Please do. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Take it easy, bro. I'll hit you up later. Oh, man. Later, guys. But. Anyways, let's dive into Jacob's album for this week. Jacob, what did you have for us? Yeah, so my pick this week, uh, it is West Side Gun, Pray for Hate, Pray for Hate, Pray for Paris. Paris. (laughs) I'm thinking about the other song or the other album he executive produced. But yeah, Pray for, Pray for Paris. From a back block on the east side, piece of war. I would leave Roy with the Mac on piece of law. The whole portfolio is gangster. Um, so Westside Gun is a no uh, fake flex in here, by the way. That's a hard flex that you have. That just you uh, know, throw that out. You think I'm fake flex? <laughs> you think I'm fake flexing? But no, he's a hip hop artist. Um, it is he's a member and founding founding member of uh, Griselda. It's like a hip-hop collective um, composed of West Side Gun, his brother uh, Conway the Machine, and their cousin, uh, Benny the Butcher. They're actually related, if you did not wait, know. Wait, 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 wait. Pause. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. They're West all related, side. dude. They're all related. West Side and Conway are brothers, and Conway or Benny the Butcher is their cousin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dorian's like mind blown right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I dude. Feel the bitch leaking out of my ears right now. It's <laughs> melted. My brain just got fucking melted. Anyways. Yeah. Can- <laughs> he just, he just yeah they're all related, dude. <laughs> No, but that's why they work well together, dude. <laughs> yeah, that no, facts, dude. That's why they're like, that's why they have like such a unique sound that it just works for them. This is like West Side Gun. Who knows how many? Like tenth album, eleventh album. Um, he has like a mixtape series, um, but this is like one of his bigger albums that debuted in 2020. Um, yeah, it's got fantastic features on it. It's got, uh, it's got Conway and Benny the Butcher. It's got, um, Tyler the Creator, the Tyler the Creator in a Joey Badass song. Um, it's got Billy Esco. It's got Joyce Wright. 500 Ounces. Yep. 500 Ounces with, uh, with Freddie Gibbs and Rock Marciano. 
it really is like a hip hop collective and an album that is just like, in my opinion, one of the better albums of 2020. Um, it's um, yeah. What did you guys think about it? I'll let y'all have a word in it. In it. Dorian. Oh shit. Okay, I thought you would jump in on it first. Anywho. I do uh, want to. I have a lot to say. Go ahead. Go right ahead, my friend. I'll save mine. Go ahead. All right. Um, yeah, so this, I already had uh, been listening to, uh, so I, I listened to Griselda before I listened to uh, West Side Gun, and then because I was listening to Griselda, uh, I think it's called like the big LTD album or something like that. Um, I used one of their songs for my Halloween video, or actually the the song that they sampled, um, and uh, that was in 2020. And then, like literally, when this album came out, it was, of course, in my Spotify discovery uh, <laughs> playlist, and it was 500 Acid uh, because I also listened to Joey Badass, so it just fucking was there, and I listened to it, and I was like, fucking. A, wow, and 500 ounces. Who is it fucking produced by? It's uh, Alchemist. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so I listened to Joey Badass Alchemist and fucking oh, fuck Um, and I already had been listening to uh, well, I've been listening to Benny and also Griselda, but I hadn't really been listening to Conway and Westside at that time um but yeah when this album came out i was just fucking like what the fuck dude this is so good um i really feel like west side gun conway and benny are really of the east side the east coast grimy uh rap because honestly like it died down. Like nobody's doing that. Literally, they're the resurgence of grimy hip hop. And it's just fucking it works so good. You know, they got and it's funny because like a talent of the creator is like very like pop. He's experimental. But for some way, somehow, some way, he like weasels his way into like fucking real ass shit, dude. Uh, much like Earl Sweatshirt as well. And also Domo Um But yeah, like fucking a party with Pop, Pop Smoke. <laughs> Tyler Creator fucking made the beat and it just fucking works with the whole album. And so like we already talked, we spun this record together. Um, we already kind of talked about like the pr- producing behind this fucking album. Uh, Derringer, DJ Muggs, a couple of new cats. Um, even DJ Premier was on this, which fucking was, it's amazing. Um, and we talked about this thing where, so DJ Premier, to me, I feel like, really set the trend for beats and piano coming together. And after that, like a lot of people, and that's Absolutely. DJ Premier's thing. It's been like his fucking thing the whole time. It's, it's up, his up niche. until now. It's his niche. Exactly. Absolutely. 
And then, you know, Al came in, Uncle Uncle Al, you know what I'm saying, came in and he made that his fucking forte. Dude. Like, that's his fucking shit. Um, and then now all these other newer producers who want to, like, produce for, like, hardcore rappers, they're doing the same thing. And they're featured, they're featured on this fucking album. They're featured, my bad. Uh, on this album, and dude, yeah, it's just fucking sick. I think my favorite song is Allah Set Me. So pissed that fucking got removed from Spotify. Right? Dude, ah, fuck. Pissed me the fuck off, but that's Derringer, and that's why I said Derringer is fucking such a good fucking producer, because it just, it's so dark, and it's so dude. Ah, Allah Semi is fucking dope. Um, but I think, so like West Side Gun, I kind of like, even though they're like lyrically and sonically, like they're very different, but I like to compare West Side Gun to uh, Talib Kweli. And the reason why is because their whole thing is style. It's not about lyricism. It's about style. And West Side Gun has fucking style. Like the way he raps, the way he talks, it's fucking style. Um, and sometimes like that goes farther than than lyricism. And you could really tell on this fucking album, like he just fucking goes off. Um That's like that's the whole thing with West Side Gun, because like West Side Gun that's the thing, right? <laughs> I mean, he said it in interviews. Or he said it already. I ain't even got a rap. <laughs> yeah, that he he like he is a rapper, but he doesn't see himself as like the biggest rapper. He sees himself more as like a curator, like someone yeah. brings people together and like makes a project that is like perfect, basically. Um, I feel like because this album, I mean, first off, I feel like we should have talked about. The album cover. <laughs> that's album. Renaissance. That's Renaissance art right there. Yeah, uh, with Carl West Side Guns with like a fucking Jesus piece on his yeah. neck, <laughs> where he's got like the chains on, and he's got like it's a it's a Caravaggio painting, um, which Caravaggio was a huge painter. Um, I forget when it was. There's like a specific year that his paintings were like super good because they like depict like uh, like very like realistic like paintings of like modern era that's like like grotesque but also like very like historical and biblical um and this yeah is, i mean it's definitely uh, like that's definitely like renaissance art if you guys look it up that's renaissance art and and the the album Absolutely. cover is uh is a is a painting of uh david and uh goliath you know and it kind of it's interesting that he chose that as the album cover because it like depicts of West Side Gun being like from the underground, coming up to like Goliath, you know, and be becoming like the David, like being the king of like the West, of like the underground. Because for the longest time, he was the underground rapper, and this album kind of like signifies him going up in that level. Um, I mean, if you think about it, like who, like, other than the Buffalo Bills. Who the fuck like knows about Buffalo? Yeah, <laughs> like Buffalo, New York. Like who the fuck? And then the, this group of people were like, "Dude, this is what it's like over here in Buffalo." 
and they really like painted a picture of like how gritty it is and how cold it is too because like it's fucking cold as fuck over there and and they referenced that in a lot of fucking rap um and yeah dude i just feel like pray for paris and west side gun is a fucking genius honestly he's a fucking he's a marketing genius actually um yeah, he and like you said, he just sees himself as a curator, and he curated this fucking cool ass shit with his fucking family members uh, that blew the fuck up, and it's it's obviously made an impact in hip hop right now because literally, I mean, fuck, you even got like you know, I mean, Tyler Crater is like cool, and he's like pop, but also does like you know like designer shit and stuff like that but like you have even him like hopping on this fucking shit you know that just goes to show how far and how much of a, a big impact this album and also west side gun had on the whole hip-hop community um but, uh, it's absolutely like crazy man what uh? What do you think, Dorian? Because I know you you're like kind of here and there with like West Side Gun. So what 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 are your thoughts on the album? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily here or there with him. It's it's uh, as I mentioned in I literally you can check the receipts. They're on YouTube, man. The first episode I brought up West Side Gun, and I because it was. You know, we were talking about Nas, and I said, for some reason, in my head, I thought Nas would have, like, a deeper voice, because, or, or just something, like, he would sound different than the way he actually sounds, you know? That yeah, was, yeah. That was my thing with Nas, because I got into hip-hop late, and obviously that album came out before I was even born, so it's whatever. Yeah. 94. And, and I thought the same thing about West Side Gun, just based off of his name. I was like, oh, this guy's going to sound like fucking Killer Mike or something. And then I yeah, this, yeah. Do, 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 like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which actually ties into my first point about this album. Uh, why is West Side Gun's ad lib the best, the best one? Like, why is it the most hilarious thing in rap music? And it's not even like hilarious because it's goofy, but it, it just goes hard. And it's like... At, it was it's funny and hard at the same time. Exact, exactly. Yeah. It, it took me a little bit to get used to, and then I listened to this album one way through, and I literally listened to it again the same day, because I was like, this is unreal. I said, this actually is fucking insane. And every time that... Or the... Like, either of Either of his gun mouth noise ad-libs. I was like, this is the funniest shit of he all time. He quite literally lives up to his name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, hey, my name's West Side Gun. You think I'm going to sound like Killer Mike? Gotcha. But I make a bunch of gun noises with my mouth. <laughs> I'll meet you in the middle. It's like, mother. I'm surprised he hasn't made a lyric uh, saying, I'm West Side Gun. I'm a Mac 10. I'm a spit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Dude. Um, <laughs> But no, it's it's not that I that I was off and on with him. It was that he he did that. He threw me off. It threw me off, you know, because you like you guys talked about uh, the Primus album, looking at the album cover, you know, expecting 
or you know being like oh this yeah expecting something this is going to be insane or this is going to be this or that and so never judge a book by its cover dude that's what i wanted to say earlier like fuck exactly there's a book by its cover exactly and i do that with i do that with rap artists that i've never heard of because you know i feel like people in general i get this way sometimes like you listen to a certain amount of rappers or a certain amount of bands and then those certain genres or subgenres end up popping off and getting so many more artists that you're like i don't give a fuck like tom segura comedian has a great bit about <laughs> he's like my, <laughs> he's like my dad doesn't want to meet any more people because he's 70 years old he's like fuck him i don't need any more friends i've met everybody I need yeah, I don't <laughs> and i and i get that way about music sometimes which i don't fucking know why but i'm like hey i've got the shit i listen to i'm good it's it's all about comfort and it's all about breaking out of those uh that's really problems. what it is comfort like we're it is to like our own thing but like I'm glad we're like talking about you know different genres and like bringing it yeah. to the table because like dude we're branching out like I never thought I would listen to something like Primus the first album exactly. and I fucking love it now dude I fucking love it now Ex- exactly but it's one of those things to where I was like ah you know when Jacob was like oh have you heard of West Side Gun or Conway the Machine or Benny the Butcher I was like those names ring a bell because like I'm active on reddit and shit or whatever but yeah. i was like i don't listen to him and i was like i don't i don't need to fucking listen to him <laughs> i i got my shit i listen to and so that's why i basically started this because jacob is going to be pissed at me that i'm about to say this but jacob would ask I'll me take. about like jacob would be asking me about albums and like if i'd listen to them and it still happens to this day <laughs> yeah and it was the whole reason I started this podcast. I was like, hey, if Jacob and me and George, you know, get together and like start talking about albums, like I'll have to listen to them because I'll have to, you know, spend an hour and a half talking about them. And so it worked for me, at least. It was kind of a. Worked yeah. for me too, dude. I'm yeah. right there with you. But before we even started it, Tana Talk 4 by Benny dropped, and Jacob is still asking me every Monday, hey, did you listen to Tana Talk 4? And I'm like, nah, man, I haven't. And I still, hey, I'm going to tell you right fucking now, Jacob, I still haven't listened to Tana Talk 4. Because I've been, and I tell him every time, I say, because I do my homework, mijo. I'd be listening to the albums for the episode. I ain't listening to new drops. But I've got some shit. I have some new drops I have to listen to. Tana Talk 4, Future just dropped a new album. I got some shit I got to listen to. But anyway, to get back on track, uh, Pray for Paris, unreal. On like the production behind it, it almost like I know Alchemist has production on it, but it sounds like everything could have been produced by Alchemist. That's what I was saying. Fuck. It goes back to like the DJ Premier shit where it's like piano and fucking beat. Oh, yeah. Like that's like literally the theme of this whole fucking album, dude. And I was definitely surprised with Tyler Creator. He like literally pulled through. Um, and I feel like Tyler the Creator is also his lyricism, but honestly, his production is pretty fucking good. It's Beautiful. solid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. His, his production is top notch and it always has been. And that song's like one of the one of the sleeping giants of the album you know like because it's it's we've got some meaning to it and that tyler production is unreal and the pop pop smoke 
Yeah, and like the title, exactly the title of it, all that shit. Um, and it's funny, like this was like right before he fucking passed away, unfortunately. Exactly. And yeah. but um, what I wanted to add is like, I think that like the track listing and the way that it's like set out is almost like perfect, dude. Um, because the opening track is four hundred million plus tax. Yeah, it's not really a song. It's just like a recording of like it's a nice interlude. It's yeah, it's a it's a intro and it's it's four hundred million. It's not even a song yet. Yeah. It's it's like a it's like someone that's like um like a like not auditioning fucking uh like they're selling like a painting you know like it's auctioning an, it's an auction that they're auctioning off like a painting and it kind of like it kind of shows that like ties back to the album cover art yeah. That's how Westside Gunn views this. Like he views this album as like an art piece, and it's like worth that four hundred million, you know. And then it cuts right into uh, "No Vacancy," that DJ Muggs beat, dude. So hey, Muggs is smooth. Fire, dude. No vacay is fucking good ass fucking song. It's so silky smooth. Um, it's fucking fantastic. And then it goes in my favorite song, uh, George Bondo. Which the beat, like Beat Butcher and Derringer, fucking killed it, dude. Not only the beat, but the fact that all three of them are rapping and they're like rapping about like their new up and coming like success and how like where they're at. Um, I have lyrics pulled up from Conway, um, Westside's brother, and he's like, I want to hear that. He's like getting dudes clapped while I'm with celebrities hanging. I got two felonies. Now they tell me I'm famous. My life is definitely, <laughs> it's like my life is definitely changing. Rock Nation brunch. I'm with the R&B singer, getting better acquainted. Like they're like Dude. that last Damn. that last line was literally the, one of the lyrics I was gonna bring up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with an R&B singer, getting better acquainted. And then he's acquainted. like, yeah, he's like, I ain't another rapper that's alive that can match my pen. Back again, Mac, clap your men, stack the half an M. I was him before you ever heard me on a track with M. Like, dude, the fact, like, Conway's, Conway's, like, lyricism, he's probably the best out of, like, the three of them. Um, I used to think Benny was the best, but Conway is so fucking good with playing with words and using, like, he does use, like, uh good words but it doesn't seem like he's reaching like for like oh i know i know good words he's just using like shit that fucking works out yeah like god dude conway is such he's a machine (laughs) (laughs) he's like top tier lyricism and like i think that's i think that's important a important thing to know also when a rap album has too many features it's easy to get like out wrapped easily yeah and i yeah. feel like i feel like west side gun gets out wrapped on this album multiple times but i feel like that's the point also like he does it for well, like you said he's just he's just a curator like, exactly yeah. yeah he's the he's the glue in the whole shit he's the glue yeah like he he's bringing them all together and then we we were talking about this last time that we were actually listening to it, 327 with Joey Badass and 
Tyler the Creator. I feel like yeah, it's I feel like it's an important song because it's one of his biggest songs, West Side Gun. But it's also really important because Joey Badass and Tyler the Creator, they're in like that they're in that weird range where they're like underground, but at the same time they're like mainstream. Oh yeah. They they're, they're both in, they're both like incorporating um and that you I mean I think I've shared it, but like where West Side Gun is like fucking showing the pants that he's selling and stuff like that. Like West Side Gun and Tyler Crater are both into fashion. And they're fucking selling shit. So like both of them are both uh, curators, um, Tyler and, and West Side Gun. And I feel like that's why this probably happened where he's like on this album and produce a track and then is also on it. Yeah. Um, I think they shared like the same space, even though yeah, I mean they were both respectively they were both underground in different spaces and different sounds, but together collectively they work well together because they're in in all reality they're in the same space. Yeah, and I feel like this album shows that because West Side Gun's mm-hmm. longest was just underground, but the fact mm-hmm. that he had a song with Joey and Tyler, he's like moving up to that level with them. Like, he's in that, like, underground, but he's, like, still climbing up to mainstream. And that's what fucking blew my mind, because fucking having... I love Joey Badass so much, and I respect him as an underground rapper. I don't think he sold out, but he did do, like, more popular songs. But for him to go back and be on this fucking album with these hard-ass motherfuckers from Buffalo and for them to respect Joey, like, dude, that just blows my fucking mind, dude. 500 Ounces is such a fucking sick fucking song, dude. Um, And then it being, of course, produced by Alchemist is fucking dope. You know? And then it's like the little, like... Yeah, yeah, dude. This this that's album, probably like my final thoughts for Pray for Paris, to be honest. Yeah, I think. Do you guys have any more uh, things to say about it? I think my final thoughts are um, it's my favorite West Side Gun album to date, um, and yeah, I think it really does show like the the greatness that like underground hip hop can have if like you get the right producers, the right features on it mm. can make something that really is like a piece of a work of art basically so. and yeah honestly we talked we talked about 500 dollar ounces a good amount but honestly we we talked about uh freddie gibbs a couple episodes ago when we talked about price of tea i think mm-hmm. we mentioned freddie gibbs just will have the ability there will be a track established and then he'll just come in and go 100 miles an hour and sometimes he'll like allude to it you know like they'll be like there will be something that says oh freddie gibbs is about to be on this track and then other times there won't be price of tea was an example of the latter where it was just oh freddie gibbs is on this track and he just goes you know just starts destroying it 500 ounces he that mic check check 
<laughs> mic check check for yeah. like the whole first like 40 seconds of the song is so badass to me it's like all right like when i'm here i was hearing that the first time when i was driving i was like all right this is about to be this is about to go hard <laughs> and it did that freddy that freddy feature on this freddy gibbs just snaps on every fucking shit he oh my goes off, dude. god dude it's unreal on this i was like oh my god and i'm surprised no none of y'all mentioned uh claiborne kick so i'll go ahead and do it because if it ain't boldy uh <laughs> that it, it's it's that's all that needs to, almost all that needs to be said that's but, another Alch, Alch, alchemist uh track yeah. he produced it, that one I, of course he did it with boldy <laughs> exactly i i heard i heard it while i w- i wasn't able to check my phone and i heard it and i was like oh this was this was alk obviously like yeah it's boldy if and if it is boldy and alk that'd be even better and it was and i was like all right bet cool uh yeah yeah but overall uh my final thoughts for the album and general vibe general takeaway uh i'm gonna listen to west side gun and benny and conway more because this was incredible this was top notch honestly like shit and my three favorite songs off of it i'll start that rotation uh 327 number one 500 dollar ounces was number two and then george bondo number three uh jacob what were your top three george bondo um, I want to say no vape. Oh, shoot, <laughs> George Bondo. That's a really good one, though. George Bondo, uh, three twenty-seven, and I'm gonna go a lost sent me just because they're both act. They're all three like bouncing back and forth, just phasing shots for shots. So. It's not on streaming. It's on YouTube. Go check it out. But this whole album did give it a listen. Fucking banger. And George? Uh, for me, A Lot Set Me is my favorite fucking song. And then $500 Ounces. And I want to pick George Bondo. Because my name is George. But honestly, I want to pick fucking No Vacay. Uh, produced by DJ Love. I think those are my three favorite um, songs, but I would be honest. Uh, this, so this is my final thoughts, my bad. Fuck um, No Way K, French Toast, my other favorite one. Um, and like back to what you were saying, Jordan, where, you know, uh, West Side Gun is like funny. This is such a funny out. This is such a funny fucking song to me because West Side Gun is just singing on it. Yeah, I'm crushing on you. <laughs> yeah. He's so bad at seeing you, but he does it anyway. He's like, he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. Um, yeah. And then Joy Rice, <clears throat> wow, she's such a good singer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think yeah, French Toast. So a lot at me. Uh, Five hundred dollar asses and uh, French Toast are my my three picks for this. Hell yeah! What's the what's the interlude track that you hate, Jacob? The boom, boom, boom. Oh, 
George Bonda would be a perfect, it's already is a good song, but it'd be perfect if that ending wasn't on it. <laughs> oh, it's the but, ending of that. That is it. Bah, bah, it's, bah, like, bah. it's like me. Honestly, it's just, Hail Mary. Yeah. it's just them gooning out. I love it. Just wow, wow, That's West Side doing that voice because it's high pitched and just weird. But all right. Uh, but anyway, those are our final thoughts for uh, "Pray for Paris" by West Side Gun. We'll dive into the next one. All right. Next, we've got George's album. What do you got for us this week? Dots and Loops by Stereolab. I don't even know like what like how late this uh like how many albums they've had uh but this is like later later on uh this came out in 97 um and it's like it's so it's like a french group um but they have like it's like genre bending so like they took influences from like a uh, germany uh called krautrock I'm probably butchering that, um, but that's kind of like no, their you influence. Didn't. You got it. That, yeah, so like that's kind of like their influence, and uh, this album was like very experimental, as well as all their albums. Um, and I feel like like till till now, and like from the beginning, like their first album, uh, what's it called? That was called, but it came out in 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 the seventies, um, and they've maintained a, the same theme, uh, which is kind of like synthy, but also like rock, but also like pop. So like it's a it's very genre bending. Um, in this album, for sure. Like when I first heard the first song I heard from this album was called Miss Modular. Um it was back when I was like smoking like a lot of weed. Um and it came on and I just it was around like springtime and I just laid in the grass and was listening to it and I'm like, why does this sound so familiar? And I messaged my brother Jerry. I'm like, do you stereolab? He's like, yeah, I just have an album from them. I'm like, oh shit. And I thought about it. Uh, so the reason why I know Stereolab is because Jared, my older brother, used to play this album called Cobra and Phases Group Play Voltage in the Milky Night. It's a long, <laughs> it's a long fucking album title. Uh, but yeah, he used to play that and I always used to be like, hey, can you play, the, can you play like that brown album with like the orange uh, trees? The same way I fucking describe albums right now i'm like hey have you seen that green album with the <laughs> like i still do that now <laughs> um but yeah so then he also played so that album cobra and phases came out in 99 and then stereolab uh dots and loops came out in 97 uh and i think jared probably played it because 
at a certain time, yeah, like when I was smoking weed and shit, like on the Discovery playlist in in Spotify, I keep mentioning it, but you know, um, what's it called? Uh, Miss Modular uh, was on there, and as soon as it came on, I was like, "Oh my god, I know this." Um, and yeah, dude, this just this whole fucking album, Dots and Loops, like, it's probably like m- like more of like that out there stuff that I listen to. Um, it being that, uh, Leticia, uh, Leticia, there's like multiple ways to pronounce it. I'm probably butchering it, but Leticia, um, and Tim founded this group, um, in the early like sixties. Um, and they just flow so good together. Uh, Leticia does like the sin stuff and also sings at the same time. Um, and Tim is a songwriter and he plays guitar as well. Um, and dude, this album is just like so special to me. I don't, I don't, I cannot describe like why or, or what, but this album is very special to me. Like I very, I love this album so much. Um, and I know like a lot of people are like, yeah, this is fucking weird. Uh, I have a friend, like, I used to play, like, a couple of songs, and I have a friend that said, this sounds like elevator music. <laughs> <laughs> Which it kind of does, sometimes. Hey, but. hey, 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 just want to mention real quick, that actually brings up a good thing. Uh, Jacob and I were working, and he was playing music, and he was playing this album, and... Like I've mentioned on other episodes, like I've played Jazz Abroad. I've played some songs off of El Camino. Uh, Buena Vista plays at the branch all the time. Like we've played a lot of albums. And I said, why does George just pick banking music for the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) It's all elevator music, dude. I was like, I was like, he's picked like Nas and Rock Marcy. But other than that, this motherfucker picks banking music <laughs> but it's but that's not a bad thing like i love stuff that you can put on in the background that if someone's actually listening to it they'll they'll catch on to something you know what i mean but yeah. i was like why is all of this like appropriate for work <laughs> you know it, it's, it's like appropriate for work but if you actually dive into it like it's very interesting for sure um this album for me like it just brings me back to my childhood and it just fucking, you know, I listen to it, it, it feels good. Like I think positive things and stuff like that. And this whole album is so experimental and so interesting. The fact that Leticia is like singing in English and also French at the same time. Like, fuck, I don't even understand French the whole time. But like hearing her sing in French is so beautiful, dude. Like I fucking love it. Um, and then she's singing over these melodic, like, uh, beats and, like, synths and stuff like that that she even did herself. It's just so fucking beautiful. Um, I just fucking love this album so much. Um, and yeah, like I said, like, to some of my friends, it's, like, elevator music and stuff like that, but I'm glad you guys were able to, like, appreciate this album, like, because I feel like I'm weird for listening to it, but. It's just, I love this album, like, a lot, dude. 
Dude, I, I heard of this um, like a couple years ago. Um, funny enough, George, it was that same song, um, Miss Modular. Miss Modular? Yeah. Dude, I love that song. I love that song. I heard this like uh, a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And just that song for the longest is the only song that I had saved of, uh, of Stereo Lab. And then I had seen, because I've known about Stereo Lab, like I'd see it at stores. I mentioned, I mentioned it to you like a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, they have a CD of uh, Stereo Lab. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I was, I'm glad you fucking told me that. I was like, oh shit, you know yep. Stereo Lab and you're telling me about it. And I was like, when you brought this up, I was like, all right, I only have one song of this and I really like it. So let's listen to the whole album. And the whole album is really good, dude. It's it's like I yeah some of it is in, is uh is in English other parts it's it's like in, in French French yeah I like it like doesn't matter because I feel like I still like make a connection to it that I can like understand because that's like that's like the beauty about music like it can be any language it could be anything but if you like feel the rhythm and you like feel the rhyme like you can I think it goes back to like um. Uh... Uh, when I reached the social club, when you, Dorian, were like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying, but I feel it and I like it. It's like the same way how we all feel about this album. It's like, I don't know what they're saying, but I fucking love it and I feel it. Yeah, it was just like that. It was yeah. exactly like that. And then, yeah, her voice is really, it's very good. I feel like she so fits good, perfectly for, like, the sound of Stereo Lab. Like at some points it'll be like real, real like smooth and like real silky and like syrupy that she's like saying these songs and she's like singing along to them. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I liked a, a song that I ended up liking a lot more and going back to was uh, Refractions in the Plastic Pulse. Yes. And it's like, it's a... It's almost 18 minutes. That yeah, I was about to say that motherfucker is a damn near 20 minute song. Yeah, it's almost like five. Literally an EP yeah. on its own. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But but just real quick, I'm just gonna say this one part because I literally have a note of it here. Uh, the 12 minute mark of refractions. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, the beat on that. It's like. I was listening to it today as I was like, because I did my annual every every day we do the pod. I end up, you know, giving everything a brief, you know, I give them a, one last run through and I write my notes. And I was writing that and I was like, am I still listening to the same song like three times during it? I was like, oh, these these guys were trying to out tool tool, you know, with making 18 <laughs> yeah, minute dude, songs. I was like, they're doing the tool thing. And then I did it again. And I was like, and it was at that min that 12 minute mark where the beat changes and it's like super low. And I'm like, this is almost a fucking EDM track, you know? Like, this is almost mid tempo EDM. It was EDM before EDM was EDM. <laughs> exactly. I was like, holy shit, that change up was gnarly. But anyway, Jacob, yeah. you go on your point. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> Like it, it sounds like it's like, like it's like four or five different songs within the one song. Like it just switches. Like it's constantly switching. It's constantly going up and down. But it's like so good. Like I could, I could, if I could, like just listen to that song on this whole album, 
I would, because I feel like I'm listening like to like six different songs. <laughs> <laughs> like I get like the best of like, all of it, basically. And it makes sense. Like you really think about their name, Stare yeah. Lab. Yeah. What an experiment, dude. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, if you were to pick a, you know, movies have trailers, you know, and they pick the highlights of something. Yeah. If you were to pick the trailer for this album, it would just be like snippets from that song, that one song, because it encapsulates everything else on the album perfectly. It's fantastic, the work that they do. Uh, I... I loved this album personally. Dude, I fucking love this so much. Uh, like I said, like they have gotten, uh, you know, shit from Krautrock, that genre. Um, and uh, I'll share it in, in the chat, but I found this band called, uh, it's a G- German band from the 1970s called uh, N-E-U, New. Um, I'll share I think it. it's pronounced Noi, actually. Noi? Yeah, yeah, and it is fucking. It's just like fucking Stereolab, and and I mean, fuck. Like we talked about, Mr. Oizo, he's fucking French. Like, there's such a weird fucking, like, really weird part of fucking France that just fucking had a gold mine of different type of music, dude. Um, and it's fucking crazy. But what I want to mention about Stereolab is that like a lot of hip hop artists sample them slum village did jay dilla did tyler the creator did dude a lot of people sample like hip-hop artists sample stereo lab and that blows my fucking mind i'll share this the the songs of it but it's just fucking crazy to to know that fucking and i think also jay dilla did as well um to know that these prominent hip-hop artists that i love sample stereo lab this french group from the fucking 70s is insane you know it's like what the fuck um but stereo lab yeah definitely just fucking holds such a big big place in my fucking heart uh I, this is like probably like one of the most i said it before it's probably like the one of the most like out there shit that i listen to but i absolutely love stereo lab i love them so much this is so different um but yeah my my three favorite songs are um uh Berkridge, uh Miss Modular and uh what's it called like Mars Prisoners or something like that. Uh Prisoner of Mars. Prisoner of Mars, yeah. Jake, what favorite. are your Jake, what are your three favorites? My three picks are Miss Modular, uh Diagonals. Yes. Um and then I really like uh Rainbow Conversation. Yeah, those three are probably my picks. And then, you know, honorable mention to the 18 minute song. I feel like there's like five songs out of that one song. (laughs) Right. My three songs were uh, number one, Diagonals, number two, Rainbow Conversation. And I actually really liked Parsec. Parsec is dope. Yeah. Parsec is fucking tight. 
But anywho, shall we unleash next week's albums? Yes. All right. So I'll go first since I went first for this week's episodes. What's that? I was going to pick a different album, but I'll do this album. So go, go, go. No, no, no. Go pick a different album. Pick your different yeah. album. Give me like give me like 30 seconds. So now that we've talked about all the fantastic picks that the three of us chose for this week, we're going to go ahead and announce the picks for next episode. That being said, it's me up first, and I'm going oh, Toxicity by System of a Down. Yes, dude. <laughs> Shout out, Jacob, for giving me this for my birthday. Fantastic gift. Uh, also a fantastic album. Uh, we'll get into it next week. That being said, Jacob, what do you got for us next week? So, I'm going to cover something we've kind of talked about, but not fully like this. Um, so... Yes, Jones and the indications. All right, fucking love that. Hell yeah! Uh, and it's their self-titled album, their first album. It's like soul funk. So we're gonna get into it. I just started listening to more Duran Jones this week, so I am so stoked to listen to that. I think I've heard a, a song or two off of it, and I love it already. So I'm stoked. George, what do you got for us, bro? Uh, the infamous by Mob Deep. Oh, shit! Fuck yeah! I love that album a lot, dude. It's like right there next to fucking Illmatic. Like it's for <laughs> real. Yeah, the infamous. Oh my god. Okay. All right, <laughs> we've yeah. got two banger. Actually, technically, we've got three, three banger episodes Bang. lined up. We had this week with uh frizzle fry and uh dots and loops and pray for paris next week we've got some bangers and then the week after that y'all work it's gonna be out day baby um, we're gonna be talking about something we're gonna be in person all three of us we're gonna be talking about some great shit gonna you know for that it's i'm so stoked we're gonna be talking about some real shit yeah, and it'll be a little more organic, so, you know, might be a longer pod, you know, it'll be great. I mean, uh, today is probably, like, our longest uh, pod so far, honestly, I think it's probably... Honestly, it'll probably, to be quite frank, probably getting chopped down to t- uh, t- uh, hour 25, which is only <laughs> 10 minutes longer than our longest, or two minutes longer than our longest one. Well, Day is definitely going to be our longest pod, folks. That's going to be the what you spin in event of the year. all right right. well anyways this has been what you spin in episode eight i am dorian join joining me as always we've got jake and george special guest this episode was our homie matt hope y'all have a great day great week we will catch you next time thank you for watching Peace. Love you guys. Love you out.